Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, Francis. Jamie. Uh, would you ever have an affair? Uh, obviously not. No, be honest, okay? If you were married, would you have an affair? No. Why are you asking that? Well, obviously you would. No, obviously I wouldn't have an affair. I've just been watching a TV show called The Affair. It's on, like, Now TV, and you can watch every episode with the Now TV Entertainment Pass. And you're getting some ideas about that? No, I'm not getting ideas. I just love Ruth Wilson, who's in it. You love ruthless affairs on your (laughs) loved one. No, I'm freaking happy, thank you very much. Well, you're in your first flush of romance, aren't you? Okay, well look, I'm just saying, we're actually kind of past it now, because instead of all that, we're kind of like cuddling on the sofa watching box sets and things like that. I guess it's a good thing you've got the Now TV subscription then, isn't it? Exactly, and I'm so excited to go home now, because I can watch Boardwalk Empire, Sex and the City, Dexter, like they've actually got over 300 box sets on there. How are you supposed to get through all that? Francis. Yeah? When we go on tour, I might be a little bit lonely. Um... In what way? Will you? I don't know where this is going, Jamie. Watch box sets on Now TV with me. Which one? Billions. I do love Damien Lewis. And how about cuddling? Don't push it. I honestly, man, this is this is big. This is big. Yeah. Well, this is big with a B I G. Bit B F G. No, this is not B F G. This is B I G because. Today, all you listeners who are listening in right now... On Actually, your... he's he's what, he's our most, uh, hands down, our most requested guest. He's our most requested guest. He has, and you're probably on your commute right now, so whatever you're doing, just hold on to your hats, hold on to that rail, hold on to the steering wheel, hold on to your headphones, hold on to everything. We have one of the world's... Oh, the UK's biggest comedians. Well, actually, on. one of the world's. One of the world's is. biggest comedians, actors, friend of ours. Uh, he hosted the Brits. He has sellout tours. He's in Hollywood movies. He's best friends with The Rock. He's bre- best friends with The Rock and James Corden. He trains with The Rock. He trains with The Rock, as you're going to find out. Get ready for this, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jack Whitehall. Whitehall. You said it before me. That's so interesting. Jack Whitehall. You, 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 when you lead into it with like a cheer like that, you're not meant to cut me off. You're meant to let me roll with it. Oh, really? Well... You know, I just got there first. Yeah, but why would you race me in a competition that we're trying to succeed to make it great? I don't know. Just felt felt right. All right. Well, here you go, guys. Hey, um, this episode is freaking exciting. Jack Whitehall, Hollywood movie star, big comedian. I mean, one of I'm his best mate, probably. Well, actually, I mean, you always go on. You actually, everyone you meet, you you tell them that he's your best mate. No, I don't. And that you and I, I never say anything, but I've actually known him for way longer than you. No, well, he's 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 right. actually his sister's I, actually going out with one of my best mates. Well, well, I know him. Oh, you're trying to say that you dated? No, 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 I've known him for much longer than you. If it was a competition, oh, it's it's not a competition because you think it is. We want to give a big shout out to Now TV for sponsoring us, streaming service. They are fantastic. You guys rock. Um, Now TV, you're awesome. 
You awesome. Um, hey, so listen, enjoy the episode with Mr. Jack Whitehall. Buddy, uh, I know you'll be listening to this. Thank you so much for coming on. Jack. The, the, um, you, Whitehall. N- not only Jack, and I'm talking to you now, Jack, so you are listening. He won't listen to it. Of course he'll be he listening. He doesn't listen to his own work. He does listen to it. He just, thank you for coming on. You're not only talented, you're charming. A yeah. lovely little combo to be with. Okay, here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy it. Jack Whitehall. On Jack the, Whitehall. On the Private Parts Podcast. On the Private Parts Podcast. Enjoy. Are we, are, we, are we rolling? Dude, we are freaking rolling in life, man. We're rolling in life. We're rolling. Well, you roll most evenings, if you know what I mean. But Jiu-jitsu, you, yeah. Uh, do you not do the sponsorship bit live? You, no. You, I only came because I wanted to hear you do the sponsorship bit. Yeah, we, I love it when you do that. You do. And you sound like you're about to crack up. No, I'm not about to and crack Franny up. And Franny really goes for it. Oh, on the, on what the sponsorship? It, yeah, yeah, I always want to buy whatever it is you're selling. Well, you have that. You're not gift. the only one. Jamie oh, does not. <laughs> Firstly, every single thing that we sell on this, I love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The reason why we sell it is because we go, God, that would be cool to sell, and that's the reason why we do it. You know, it's all authentic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Even that sounds scripted. No, it doesn't sound scripted. I've got no script in front of me. It doesn't. If, not. if I were to describe you in one word, I don't know if authentic would no. be. <laughs> How would you describe me then? Inauthentic. What do you mean I'm inauthentic? I'm, I'm authentic. I'm like if I was, if I was like a product, right? I would be. I would be like. But look at what those, you're wearing. With those dodgy sweets. No, I would not be. I'd be like a blender. I'd be a blender. But so you're wearing. Practical. You're wearing a Yankees baseball cap backwards. Yeah. Backwards. Yeah. I I love New York and I love Yankees. You've Go got again. a tattoo of a palm tree. Mm, I love the beach. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's all authentic. Keep going. Okay. And uh, you've got what, what? What is that? What is that? Uh, the on your necklace? What is that? It's a pendant. It's, it's a pendant of a face. Of whose face is that? A little boy. Why do you have a little boy's face? Because you are a little boy, and you'll never grow up. You're like Peter Pan. Yeah, because I love little boys. That's why. What? Francis, <laughs> please shut this down. In terms of innocence, Francis, you're the voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I guess it is, that's that's the one moment of honesty. The one moment of what? one moment of authenticity when you said that you love little boys. Hello everyone, welcome to Private Parts Podcast. This is where we read the most intimate sort of details of our lives. Joined us today, very exciting, Mr. Jack Whitehall. Hello. How are you, buddy? Very good, thank you. It's nice to be on the Private Parts Podcast. Uh, have you been waiting I've, for a long time? I've been waiting for a long time. For the call Just up. plucking up yeah. the courage to text Jamie and beg him to get me on. This is, uh, do you know what it was? And I, this is true. I, I got a message and it was late at night and I, Blink comes up. Do you know, Jack, for is some Blink reason... Is Blink another of the products that you try and... No, Blink is no. not another oh, product. Oh, sorry, I thought that's something you've been endorsed but, to But with Jack and, I, Jack and I, for some reason... Normally, when I get a text message, it's normally Jack. For some reason, we don't WhatsApp. We, we text each other. Yeah, I'm quite old school like that. So do you text other yeah. people? Sorry? Do you text other oh, people? No, he just texts you. Yeah, I, no, I text everyone. I text you know, everyone. WhatsApp or anything like that? I do a bit of WhatsApping, yeah. Okay. Because you would... receive the text on your Samsung phone. No, I, my Samsung Galaxy, which you can get at the Carphone Warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> but I got, I got this text came up and it said, it was Jack Whitehall. And it said, uh, just listen to the podcast with Tom Lucy. Freaking hilarious. Hilarious. Really funny. Really funny. This I, is not going to be as funny as that podcast. Yeah, well, trust well, me. We get into it, man. Trust no. me. We start rolling. The night is young. That CCF stuff. I mean, it's niche material, but yeah. I am the perfect crowd for CCF-based banter. <laughs> Private yeah. Lang and Lance Corporal Bull. I was in hysterics. Yeah, but that, that's the funniest thing about it is that it is such 
it's such a niche audience. Yeah. But for some reason, people kind of grasped it and quite understood it and loved it. And what have you? Have you I've been searching through podcasts to try and find one that talks about the big issues, <laughs> like the ranking system of CCF. And finally, I found you guys, and I but, was over the moon. But wait, so so I think that's how we should. So you, I attacked the CCF. At you, you did because you so Jack, you were you were at Marlborough College, weren't you? You were at Marlborough College. Marlborough College, yeah. And wait, and so you did CCF there as well. I did CCF, yeah. But you would have done. You would have done the navy. You would have. You would have. You wouldn't have been. You hardcore. can't do the navy. Yeah, you, How you, do you, you do the can, navy? You can do the navy. Yeah, you we can. were landlocked. <laughs> you can't do the navy. You can just do the CCF. No. no. The, aren't you on the Kennet and Avon Canal? Yeah, but you couldn't get what like a battleship <laughs> onto that. <laughs> no, we did the the normal stuff like you did, like playing toy soldiers in the. In no, the we had we had we had RAF court. and navy, and you could go fly planes. Uh, you could do like gliders and oh, stuff. Oh, so you were you in limited yeah, but, at Marlborough? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I well don't they also know. don't I play mean, rugby there, do they? Yeah, like, we did. No, you didn't. Yeah, but I didn't. But people. I did. thought I thought you just was, play hockey. No, there was a lot of hockey, and but I think there was people that were playing rugby hockey, as well. I was more. Hockey was the worst. It used to hit my hand. Do you remember that when you used to like crack? Yeah, that was. But it, it, it was Marlborough very good at rugby. Uh, I think they were, yeah. I had nothing to do with it, so I can't take any I, I also, residual. This is just a memory that's come back. I remember when I did... Did you ever go on those, like... So we talk about this with Tom Lucy, but you would do, like, an away day for, like, not the long weeks, but you'd do, like, away in, like, the field somewhere where you'd go and the camp. The No, but you'd do, like, a camp somewhere. Did you do that? Your camp. Yeah, I think so. So we had that, and we had to do an ambush. We had to do a fake ambush where we had to lie in the mud or whatever it was and wait for a period of time until... The, like the older CCF boys yeah. would come along and you'd jump them and you'd shoot them and this was the, the amb- shooting <laughs> that other people this was like practice for like for when you get bullied <laughs> for when you get bullied that you can shoot back. them you yeah, can you shoot have- the older boys but I remember we were doing this thing and we were uh, we were laying down ready to ambush and we had our guns ready that had like caps in them whatever they were and we were lying down in the mud and we were waiting there like this and we waited for literally about I mean it felt it, two really, hours really realistic yeah. it, it, <laughs> you waited for weeks we waited for like hours waiting and then they went oh here they come up you go man so we all jumped up and I went the most I went to fire my gun and it jammed no <laughs> I laid in the mud for two hours and then my fucking gun jammed what did awesome. you do just pistol whip them <laughs> what, like, no I just bayoneted them bayoneted <laughs> killed three people that day <laughs> And you got made a prefect. But, but, I, I we attacked our CCF. It was right at the end of school, and there was a boy who was very naughty. Who you maybe he was a very m- mischievous m- man, and he decided that he would get a group of us to attack like the senior members of the CCF. So we all put on balaclavas and we ran down with water bombs, and we were throwing all these water bombs at classic. them. Classic. And I stupidly asked my friend Alex if he wanted to join in the attack so we then did the whole attack um and there was obviously cctv but we were like balaclava was absolutely fine i was called into my uh housemaster's office and he was like i know you were there and i was like no i i, I promise you i'd had like an alibi all worked out wait, and he wait, showed us what foot. was your alibi what, what alibi? down the charcoal grill <laughs> oh, sick. Uh, okay. and he showed me um he showed me the footage of the C- cctv and the problem with that was like as close to like obese <laughs> yeah he was so he was the biggest guy in the school by like a country mile and so even in the balaclava it was so obvious that it was him like thundering along charging down like also like miles behind anyone else so then and went into, poor and alex got like made to fall on his sword and like dob everyone in what he oh. no he didn't tell what, he flipped. On you. yeah he did he flipped what 
Well, how? What, he interrogated? How, how did it happen? Well, the, the house water was... Water torture. It's, 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 it's waterboarded. It's waterboarded. It's quite intense. At um, but this is, this is the thing, I think. You know, you grew up... So you, we all around this table... It's going to be a niche audience, but all around this table, we went to, to boarding school. What was your... Did you like boarding school or did you, did you not like it? Basically, I want to say, would you send your children to boarding school if you were able to? Um, yeah, I mean, I did, I did enjoy it. And, but I think it's like each... Each kid has a different experience of it. And mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that were there when I was there that hated it. And so you just have to wait and see what your child is like. And yeah, but how do you wait but and I see? But I did enjoy I had a great time. But yeah. people have always, when you say it, like, it especially like Americans, yeah. they're like, do you, do you speak to your parents anymore? And you're like, yeah, no, I'm, I had a great <laughs> time. It was like being on a sleepover every night. I had a great but time. also Marlboro's yeah. a mixed school, so it's a bit different to... Some of the yeah, bo- but I but I went to, I went to boarding school at the age of eight years old. So I, were you eight years old when you went to the Dragon? No, I was a bit older. I yeah. was like eleven. Because you refused. Because you're like, I'm not going away from my parents until no. Yeah, that was it. 100%. No, I was just at another school, and I was. Oh, then you came as the new boy, and then I came as the new boy. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like boarding school is one of these places where, like, it's such a weird concept. The fact that you are you are taken away from your parents and put into a school and you don't get seen again. Firstly, when I went to boarding school at eight years old, I wasn't allowed to call home for two weeks to call my parents and then I was next to And I remember coming into the, coming into the dormitory and had... Is that had, a person? Yeah, 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 this is a person. <clears throat> was, was a kid in my dormitory in the bed next to me and he would like shit his pants all all the time actually i was surrounded by poo okay. uh, he, he he had white white fronts and he shat his pants and then also and you know, i was in his classroom and this is no word of a lie i was sitting behind him in his class and this is like eight years old and he put his hands in his pants and pulled out and he had shit on his fingers and he rubbed it under his desk <laughs> wow i mean this God. is not desert island discs is it no man this is not desert island discs. this is not where we go into deep yeah it's true that's literally what happened yeah he did it but do you have your? Oh, I was going to pour some coffee, but I man, go ahead. yeah, but I don't want to think about. Minis. But do you? But oh no! But Jack, what Just are what are your what are your? Francis. Where do you think your sort of your strongest memories come from? Is it from school time? Is it from your twenties? Is it from earlier? Where are your sort of prominent memories? They come from probably school and Marlborough and being there, and those are most of my where I made most of my friends that are still my closest buddies and and does that where most of your material comes from do you kind of resort back to those kind of periods where where you there was the ability to like have that fun have that naughtiness have all those things and kind of that's where you draw it from yeah i think now it is it used to not be i used to be quite sort of worried about it and talking about it and uh felt like being posh was something that i was sort of a bit embarrassed about and going to a boarding school was maybe something that no one would relate to and so I didn't want to talk about it and I didn't want to draw on it for my comedy so I tried to do but why? jokes because, about things because, because you're young and you, you I mean well, I think people, I think it's understandable you know there's there is a lot of inverted snobbery in you know this country where people kind of think it's like you're supposed to feel ashamed of that otherwise you're 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 I guess there to be mocked right so yeah so yeah, I so, so, so I think uh and I was actually saying this to Jamie. I remember coming to one of your like, one of your f- I, I, at a pub in in Putney. Yeah, that must what, have been very early. Yeah, yeah one yeah. of your one of your 
for and it was and it was quite a different quite a different routine to what you do now like wait, wait, so now, what now was the beginning now, what did it well, start it, with it, it, well there was like one or two jokes about being posh but then it was like it was mainly more, more self-effacing about that about yeah something. there was le- I, I actually started off doing like almost like in character like, yeah i did yeah. i did a, i did a, i mean for a long time i used to go on stage in like a parker jacket like <laughs> kenny from south park <laughs> and do like one-liners very deadpan not in my voice like like talk like that and and i did one-liners in a, in a so you played a complete role uh, yeah and but then i and then one night it was like the lights were so hot and then i nearly passed out because i was just like sweating <laughs> oh, and, yeah, and then i did like boiling lo- and then i went through various incarnations and then finally arrived at being a version of myself which is what i am on stage mm. now yeah, but 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 th- but this is okay. Fine, this is the sort of scenario. But if you're and you started out comedy like your buddy Tom Lucy, you started out really young, right? Yeah. You started out super young, and I think that's the kind of fear. You, you you start doing a certain type of comedy and you start building that up. How do you have the kind of like strength to kind of change that? Because surely if you if I was building up my image in the comedy world, yeah, you're building it up. You're a young guy. You're kind of meeting. Well, you are, people. Jamie. Aren't yeah, you? I'm <laughs> yeah, this is me. Here I go. Seventeen percent sold at Loughborough. <laughs> Gonna make it. But it's true. You know, we. You know, you you build yourself up and. You then, what made you change it? Because you weren't happy in yourself or you You have to? Because you're finding your voice and that's the big thing that people do when we first start doing comedy is your like comic voice. And they, you know, even in the early days, like comedians and reviewers and people like that would always go, you know, you're very good and you can write jokes and you're confident on stage, but you haven't quite found your voice. And you don't know what that is. It's this weird, this is mysterious this thing. Is producers that saying about. this to you? Yeah, people but say you'll find your voice, and what your voice means is like, what's your angle? Where are you coming from? What makes yeah. you distinctive? What? Uh, it's hard to be playing a persona. It's hard to be playing a person that you're not, and it's hard to be doing material about stuff that doesn't resonate with you. And it's the same with any kind of writing. You write about what you know, and you write about truth. And the truer it is, and the closer it is to heart, and the funnier it will be. Which is why I eventually started going yeah i'm going to talk about going to boarding school i'm going to talk about real life experiences and the more you talk about those those tend to be the routines that work yeah, the best that resonate because, with yeah because they're coming from and, and so actually on that note you know now that you um or, or i mean I'm, I'm assuming that you have found your voice <laughs> you know, no. i don't think no, you found your voice just yet. now yeah. Yeah. Just, just this moment i don't think thanks you found... to you two <laughs> i found my voice i have what? been searching I, I, when I was watching in the O2 in 15,000 people, I was like, he doesn't know what he's he doing. Doesn't, no, he hasn't got his voice. I see what he's trying to do, but he hasn't quite found his he voice. He needs to come on a podcast but, but, and <laughs> have a little look inside yeah. and we'll find we'll it. We'll get into that soul of his. We'll get into the root. No, but what I was going to say is, is now that you have found your voice, assuming you have. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We don't, we don't know yet. But um, Before I, think, I, I think you have. Uh, but, but I was metaphorically like... Yes, smearing my poo on the desk, and now I promise you, didn't. I'm a beautiful swan. Let's leave him. How close do you think that your voice on stage now that you found uh, is 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 to you know you when you're joking around with your friends or or just you know your style of comedy when you're like amongst you know like I mean yeah because because there's there's the persona which you say you had when you first started which you took on. And that was a kind of playing a routine or a playing a, a, a character. But then now when you find your voice, is it more in line with what you 
feel like you are in real life. It's still a persona. It's yeah. still a version of me. And it, I think it probably always will be a version of me. And I'm uh, the, the me on stage is not what I'm like in real life, which is why it's always a letdown to meet me <laughs> yeah. or any comedian. It's so true. When you meet him, you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> whereas you, like, there's no expectation. Yeah, you, yeah. It's very much, you it's very much. Disappoint. You get exactly what you expect. Yeah, but, but, the, but the, no, but I think the difference, no, I think the difference is, Jack, which is that uh, between you, you, it's not just my you are you are very funny in in normal life but you're on stage you're just a more heightened yeah, energized more heightened version, version of yourself. Yeah. the problem that i have is that i have a i have a with pers- your comedy, <laughs> with comedy. <laughs> yeah this is my comedy roots. what the one problem you have i i demand i or i don't demand but i strive for that like attention right and, and get the limelight and so i have to almost heighten myself like a Duracell bunny which is that there's sometimes at that point you have to step down from that or you can't continue that otherwise you sort of become a you, you break in a sense yeah you know so for you if you, i was that though, well, that's what for i years. mean yeah but so, so how and did then you, i found stand-up comedy and i had an outlet for it I remember. I remember. Um, and no, 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 no. I just want to make clear: I was not encouraging you to I do stand up. Freaking knew it. I do not want to be held I responsible for inflicting that upon the world. You, Jack no, Whitehall no. just said I could do it. I take I mean, it back. This is it. No, I you take don't. It back. I, don't take it back. No, I just heard oh, it. No, you're going to do a stand up show now, and I'm going to be blamed. Well, look, I'll, hey, I'll give you some stand up right now for you. Like, listen to this. Here we go. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. that's how you're going to start. No, oh. but we had Jack and I had a very funny moment. We're in. Uh, we time. went to Berlin together for for New Year's, and we had dinner. I think it was the night after New Year's, and we had dinner. And we had just found out that Jack was going to. Well, you knew it already, but we were talking about you hosting the Brits. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was trying to persuade Jack that I should be his warm up. <laughs> <laughs> at, at the Brits. Oh my God, I remember this <laughs> and, now. Yeah, and yeah. you were probably deadly serious. Oh yeah, 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 completely serious. Yeah. Completely serious. I had this whole image that I was going to walk on stage before Jack and I was going to warm up the crowd there. And all. And I had this whole vision that I was going to do it. And I was going to walk on stage and just laugh. And this was how it was going to work. What were you going to say? And he did it. He did it. I've got a video, I think, somewhere of you doing the like 15 <laughs> minutes that you were going to do. And it was just... Because Jack said... I left the room and came back and you had your penis out. Yeah, yeah, I got naked <laughs> as well. That was where it ended. I, I was always... like, oh, this would be a great start to the Brits. <laughs> yes. uh, welcome, Chad Whitehall. Surprised they haven't started it like that before. Walk, they'd all be like, what just happened? <laughs> but it's so funny. What Jack say which is so true you said to me we we spoke about that 15 minutes said do it for 15 minutes and i said i can do 15 minutes you forget when you're being an entertainer when you're doing entertainment how freaking long 15 minutes is it's a lot of stuff to it's 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 a marathon especially when there's no laughter When people laugh, that tends to fill up a bit of time. But with your routine, it was just 15 minutes solidly of you. (laughs) Which does really elongate it. Oh my God. But also, but also, before we get into. I'd rather have Partridge Green or whatever his name was. Doing the warm up than you doing his Partridge act. Green. Partridge Green. But but also this the other thing that I learnt from from Jack when uh, and before we get into all your other stuff as we, comedians. Yeah, but the first also the other thing that I learnt from Jack, which I find hilarious, <laughs> is when Jack found his sister smoking, he cried. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, so upset. He cried and he was at his party. Yeah. This is why you can't do a podcast with people that know intimate details about your family. It's so good. So what happened? What happened? I just saw her smoking and I got really upset and I cried. And, when was this? Oh, I cried and called my parents. Or called my mum. So I like dobbed her in. I love how you called her parents, yeah. your sister. And my parents too. 
<laughs> well, no, at that point she was dead to me, so they were her parents and my parents separately. So, uh, so what? So what happened? So I you called her up. I probably relied her. You know, you did. You sold I, her out. I sold her out. I did. And so what, you, live you, in ditches. You, you, so you're, it was your party, wasn't it? No, it was my friend Freddie Seiborn's party. And we were there and uh, I just turned a corner and I saw her smoking a cigarette and just burst out <laughs> crying. And it was also like, it was Freddie's uh, 16th. <laughs> so you're old. 16. You're old. 16. You're old. Yeah, yeah 16. 16. You're old. 16. So, 16. <laughs> and you turn the corner, you're at a party. Most times at parties, you're kind of going like, oh, what girl can I like hook up with or whatever. You walk around the corner, you see your sister smoking. So you cry and then phone your parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. No, that's and, exactly how it played out. There's no way of dressing this up. And what did your parents Because I care say? about her so much. Yeah, I get I that. I didn't call my dad. I just called my mum and I was crying. I was like, she's going to get cancer. <laughs> and my mum was like, calm down. It's going to be fine. Hey, everyone. We're going to come back with Private Parts in just one second, just after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, that wasn't that bad, was it? Now let's get on with the podcast. But it is amazing because your your family is so close, and and you are a really oh, so close. Yeah, what I were say? so close, <laughs> after, so close until, until that incident, <laughs> and, and mom, I haven't spoken to her since. And you guys, and do you think that's the sort of do you think that's the kind of recipe to some sort of success? The fact that you have a you have a sort of that backboard, that kind of like close knit family. Yeah, do you think that's what really sort of drives people the, forward? The, the, no, because I think there's a lot of people that are very successful and do great things when they have no families family, yeah. that are very dysfunctional. Sure, can, but I think maybe it's maybe a huge by a base source of um, for me i mean I, I i would not know what to do without them like they're they're a very important part of my life so and all very good sense of humor yeah all good humored they are and and i think i draw upon them a lot and they inspire me and they're funny and they're supportive and they've got good sense of humors and yeah because i remember i remember seeing you when we we were at, went to the brits and uh jack you know jack i'm sorry Francis, but it's true but jack is I'm like Jack's best mate, and which is a hundred percent true. And Jack invited mate. me to the Brits to sit Can on his table. Edit that bit out. No, we're not editing that out. Okay. That's true. Oh, because you you don't want other. Yeah, people. well, you would you could edit it out of this podcast, but you said it in every other one as well. <laughs> yeah. Leading so up to this one. So you need to go back. You need to go back and edit. They're already it. out there. They're already out there. I actually, posted it on my Instagram today. Um, but the thing is, so oh, sorry, we, I don't. I blocked you. You haven't blocked me. I've checked today. <laughs> still there, following me. Still right in there. And and we went to. So we got the call up to. Um, well, actually, if I'm going to be completely honest, I didn't get the call up. Someone had to drop out, so that I got the call in for for head table at the Brits. And I remember seeing your mum before, and your mum, who's super lovely. I was talking to her about you going on stage, and she said. I've never seen Jack and all, you know, Jack has, and we went to, you've done the O2, 15,000 people, you've done, so you've done BAFTA in America, you've done everything like that, but she said it was the most nervous she's ever seen you. Yeah. To do that, but why, why was that? Why doing the Brits was it so nervous? Because surely that's a gig which, 
it's live and whatever but what's what's different about that any gig that's out of your comfort zone where it's not in your control and it's unknown quantities those are the gigs that get you the most nervous and also just knowing that that is an unplayable room and it is something that i'd been told by everyone i guess because it's also you're playing a crowd but also being filmed yes so you're who are you playing to the camera the camera and that was the key just play to the camera because James Corden, uh, the producers, the director, everyone went, that audience will be drunk. They, Some of them will be listening to you, but that's not who you need to win over because that mm. audience is unwinnable over. They're there to watch a music concert. You're just there in between um, on the stage talking whilst they're topping up their drinks or getting their seat back underneath the table and so their seat back to... from underneath the table well no if they've been like dancing and you know up on the table oh, so yeah, you know it. like rearranging whatever their table yeah, yeah yeah and you're then doing comedy to that uh so you just have to play it to the camera and actually it's a very liberating thing to know because then you can do stuff that you wouldn't normally do to a room whereby you're playing to a crowd so Wait, uh, I, I didn't get that. So explain so that again. I'll simple. explain that. If you're doing a joke t- to the O2, to yeah. an audience that is there, um, you have to do a joke that has the rhythm of a joke and a punchline that they will then laugh at. And Sorry, the punchline needs to be... But me and you, we as get it. comics, yeah. Yeah, yeah, as comics, you know, we get it. As comedians, yeah. <laughs> you need to give them a big, fat punchline and that's yeah, where yeah, you laugh yeah, yeah. and then you will get the laugh. Because if you don't do that or you do something that's slightly less within the rhythm of a joke with a reference for example that's not everyone will get in the room then you'll do it and there'll be silence and it will be notable that you've done a joke that hasn't landed so with the brits i was like then none of these are going to land so i'm just going to say what i want i'm going to make references to quite niche things that only like small amounts of the audience would get yeah i'm going to do a joke about ollie murs hiding in the toilets of selfridges which i wouldn't (laughs) have done if it was a room full of people because I don't think enough of them would have known that story to find it funny. So I was just completely... So hitting certain demographics throughout I was your, just like, I'm going to say what I want and I'm going to do stuff that... They aren't jokes, that jokes that are sort of hidden into mm. intros. I'm going to make references to things that are a little bit Because you're not obscure. trying to win the, ro- the yeah, whole room. because it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter. And, yeah. then you do, and then I did it all to the camera and, and it seemed to work quite well because... Uh, that's really the audience that you've got to. Mm. But, but, but do it weirdly, to. with that, I think that you know. So you were you weren't playing the audience. You were playing um, the audience at home, right? However, I feel like, and this is not just saying it because you're on this podcast. We want to butter you up. I honestly believe this. You won over the crowd as well. Like the crowd very much was engaged with what you were saying. Yeah. Like you gave that you gave that joke, which is so good about um, going. You know, hi Liam, hi Cheryl. We're sitting here. This is my. I'm going to just steal your joke. This is this is how you should have delivered it. Okay, but, uh, but this, yeah. So hi Liam. Uh, we got Liam. Liam. Uh, I about to say Gallagher. Liam Payne and Cheryl Cole here. Hi guys. How you doing? Why don't we give a little wave to the little guy at home because they just had a baby and he went hi Niall, <laughs> <laughs> and the whole crowd laughed. It was it was a hit, right? Which yeah. is which is you're not playing to the crowd, but the crowd are listening to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, those ones are easier because well, as soon as they, they see Liam Payne and Shoko, then they start listening. So, okay, so you, once you, you've got a big enough name yeah. to like 
And that's why you went to me at one point. I knew it. Yeah. I freaking And that knew was it. the only one that didn't land. Because <laughs> <laughs> they all looked on the big screen and thought, who's that? It was very... Okay, let's go back to moving my chair from under the table. I got I got a message again from Jack basically like, look, I want to do a little little moment with you in the Brits, basically just making fun of you. I was like, put me on TV, of course. Anything you want. And you weren't there. You weren't there at your seat. When I, I was... wasn't there at my seat. Yeah, so... you left for the one moment when I needed you. you yeah, were yeah. It, it was. A, it was. So I was. I was coming back from like the bathroom or something like that. I don't know what. I, don't you? And Francis. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. I was. I was coming back from the bathroom because I obviously it was like a break and having a pee. Um, a pee yeah. No, I, I. I was not doing cocaine in the bathroom. That's what you're alluding to, Francis. He thinks the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> I came back from the bathroom. And suddenly I realised that I was, you know, it was my moment to be on television. I didn't really know what was going on. Jack was being pulled from every angle because, you know, you just had, uh, you know, a good friend of uh, both of us sort of helping you out and directing the entire thing and doing everything. So I was brought to this chair and there was a one shot camera there. And I didn't know how wide the shot was. So I didn't know if I was in shot, if I wasn't in shot. So I was sitting on this chair and suddenly went three, two, go. And Jack started talking and I... He didn't know if I was in shot, so I just sat there, mute, not doing anything, completely static. I think I saw. I think I yeah. saw it, and it looked like you were trying to like jump in and say something. Yeah, yeah. Well, just as the camera drifted yeah. off, you saw the hand go down the back yeah. of the trousers <laughs> towards the table, and I was like, no. I'm wiping shit on it. Yes, Jamie, we didn't need that bit. That's, That's you, the bit that the no. audience, they will no, fill no, it no, in. No, the no, listener, they don't. They don't. No, you you just to... infer. You yeah. don't need to do the whole. In comedy, you got... need to finish the joke. No, you don't. In comedy, you don't. You need to spell out the joke. You can just insinuate. But I think also the biggest question, speaking of that, the biggest question you must have been asked of is... what? <laughs> of, okay, we go back to the Brits. Okay, We're back. No, but the biggest question you would have been asked, and you probably asked this the entire time. Don't flatter yourself. As a comedian, <laughs> this is probably the biggest question. This is the biggest question. No, it's the most. I think it's probably the most common one you're asked is. Uh, you know the, the the flops that you have and the moments that you have in your career that you realise that you've bombed or whatever yep. happened you've been through those and I think for people who listen to this who are aspiring comedians and all these kind of people that happens to freaking everyone as Tom Lucy said you know he said it took him two years to become okay decent at what he was trying to do yep. um, and have you had a moment in your life where you're like this is absolutely shocking oh yeah so many and it's like the the gigs where you tank are the ones where you you learn the most. This is a Jerry Seinfeld quote, which I, I can't remember the actual quote, but it's about learning more from the gigs that you fail than the gigs that you succeed at. And it's so true. And I've had so many gigs where I've absolutely tanked. Yeah, horrible. but is there one? I did a corporate in, a, in Birmingham, in Birmingham Arena, uh, but it was not like an arena crowd. It was like literally maybe 10 tables in, <laughs> yeah. in an arena, which was, I walked in, I was like, this is unplayable. And well, I, so so like there, a huge there, arena. It was like, a, oh, oh God. it was like <laughs> a car. Make- ex, ex, they were launching some cars. So there were a load of cars in one half of the arena and then 10 tables at the other end, all old white haired men in black tie having dinner. Um, and I was there after dinner speaker. And this was before I'd done much stuff on TV. They hadn't got a clue who I was. Um, they were just like a load of boring, like car salesmen in Birmingham. And I went on. And I had to do half an hour contractually. So then you have to hit your half hour. And as we as we spoke about know, earlier, you, you, you when there's no laughs, you get through it all a lot quicker. Yeah, so yeah. I did my jokes and I was done within like 20 minutes. So then I'm trying to like pluck old jokes 
out of my head and trying to remember some shit that I can just waffle on with. And the worst element of it was that there was the big screen monitors were up. They didn't need the big screen monitors. There were 10 tables. Everyone could see me. I could, I could, I didn't even need a mic. I could have just said it and they would have heard. But they had the big monitors on, but the monitors were also on a delay. So I was doing these jokes. They were not landing. And then I could see myself moments later doing the joke, seeing it not landing and seeing my face just like crush and the, my soul like ebbing away from me, my eyes just glazing over. It was horrible. So it's like a delayed yeah, response. It's a delay. You're watching yourself die back on a big screen <laughs> so not only in the room. It. It's like an outer body experience. So that was pretty horrendous. But there's, you know, a lot of a lot But of as you said, gigs. but as you said, those are the ones that you have to sort of push through and that gigs with no microphone, that's mm. like the only thing you need as a comedian is a microphone and once you have the and jokes just, and jokes yes and jokes but the well, microphone got, is the bare is the bare minimum that you need because if you go to a pub and they haven't provided a microphone you are just a madman in the corner of the pub <laughs> shouting at people and that's what I have been on occasion I do gigs you turn up they'd have no PA system they'd be like yeah this is the first time we've run this gig um, and the guy that was going to bring the mic his van broke down so you're just going to have to go on in the corner and then you're stood in the corner of a pub Half the drink is there, just there to have a drink. They didn't also, know it was a comedy night, and you're just there, stood in the corner in your parker jacket. Also, to... hey, also you look more mental because you're in your parker <laughs> yeah, jacket trying to be. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with him? He's having some kind of nervous breakdown. Oh my god! Right on that note, Francis, let's have question of the week. Question that the wasn't week. question of the week. No, that's not question. No. This is oh. this is the biggest question. This is our format. Let me think of one. You, you have it in your head. I know you do. You're pretending. I just saw you looking at your phone and now you're pretending you to be smart. You're trying to, you're showing All right, off. Okay. Smart. All right. Okay. Parthenophobia. What is it? <laughs> you just pluck that. Yeah. So, what is it? Jack, go. Uh, well, the what, QI what? answer is the, the phobia of paths. No, parthen. Parthen. Oh, parthen. Parthenophobia. Fear of the Parthenon. Oh, that's a very good guess. <laughs> <laughs> but it's incorrect. I will. Uh, no, no, no. Do you I, have one? Yeah, of course I have one. Well, you just is that your, so that's your answer. Parthenon. Well, no, because you told me it's wrong now, so I can have another one. Um. <laughs> Parthenon, Parthenon, Parthenon. I Parthenon. No, partho- Parthenophobia. 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 Actually, it's a fear. It's the fear. It's why a lot of people are afraid of you. I know. Shush. I was going to freaking say that. Um, it's the fear of someone with too much enthusiasm. No. <laughs> All right, that's your answer. So. <laughs> Jack, what's yours? Fear of... Stop saying no, then I'm going to pick another fear one. Fear of fantasists. Fear of fantasists. Don't say if it's right or wrong, okay? I'm going to go for fear Fear of the path they're going to choose in life, metaphorically. Path and... Uh, path and phobia. Fear of the, their, their path in life. But it's P-A-R-T. Oh, shit. It's spelling, what the hell? I don't know. My, 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 my dad and I are both dyslexic. <clears throat> my dad's worse than me. And he was writing a letter once, and he turned to me and asked me how you spell people. <laughs> I thought it was funny. It's I funny. use that on stage as well. No, yeah. <laughs> don't open with it. Maybe yeah, talk yeah, in the middle open of the set. Straight on. Talk in the middle straight of the straight set. Straight on, no intro. No intro at all. Uh, Francis, are you going to tell us in part two? I'll tell you in part two. All right, ladies and gentlemen. You've got Jane, your diary now. got my diary, Jack. Do you know, have you, so you've listened to this, so basically... I've never got to part two. What? Because the part one with Tom Lucy's is very long, and I was listening to it in the gym, and so I can't um, only do like 45 thir- minutes it's in the gym. 30 minutes? No, it was longer the first half. 
No, it, what, it, what, what, you didn't even listen. What did you do? You finish and then go to the sauna? Yeah, I'm not going to listen to it in the sauna. Why not? You can't listen to things in the sauna, can well, you? Why can't, why can't you? Do you anything you want in the sauna? Can you actually? Yeah. Do whatever you want in the sauna. Are you one of those people that go and do, do you have I a... Just, not anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to Jamie. <laughs> I, I, I actually swear to God. There's certain saunas where I think... Yeah. Oh, those are the ones that you frequent, Jamie. Yeah. What, in North London? Or? I, I, I swear to God. Oh, that Soho sauna you always go to. I don't go to Soho sauna. But I have actually... Um, I was in a steam room once, you know when it's freaking ste- steamy, oh, and I, I, I've relieved myself in it. Oh, you you said you did this in a um, in a sunbed as well. On the, you said you, <laughs> you relieved yourself in a sunbed. I think I have done that as well. I was in a sauna in, uh, where were we? In, um, in Germany. I was mm-hmm. with my parents and uh, you went to I was with my mum and we went to the swimming pool in the hotel and there was a sauna there and we went into the sauna and we didn't realise that it was like a naked sauna and this Norwegian guy came in and he was like completely naked um, like bring a big paunch and everything out and he sat down and he started talking to my mother and uh, my mum will just like talk to anyone. I was like, don't talk to the guy with his dick out, please. This is already so weird. And then they were talking for a bit and then he looked over at me and he went, hey, you're a lucky guy. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, oh. I just burst. I like, I couldn't stare at so I had to like run out. That is- Oh, I think like it was that. angling for a bit of. Have you used that in your stand up? Because I'm going to no, steal it. You can okay. have that. Can <laughs> I have that one? Yeah. I was naked in a sauna once. And I <laughs> yeah, went up to Jack Whitehall and his <laughs> mum. <laughs> yeah. Right, God. my diary. Every story of you is you naked. <laughs> it's always. Saturday. I went to a wedding today and I still find them a bizarre concept. Now, I get the marriage ceremony in front of your friends where you can confirm your love for one another. However, the party afterwards now seemed like a competition to see who can throw a better party. And you can never get it right. If your party is too big, people criticise it. And if it's, too, if it's not big enough, it's still the same. The only way to get round it is if you throw a small and quaint one and then people describe it as cute in a patronising way. Do you not agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I hate it when like a, a wedding party gets out of control, <clears throat> and you have people like ending up like swimming naked in um, ice buckets and stuff like that. I've never done that. Yes, you have. I've been sent a video <laughs> of you at a wedding, <sighs> naked, yeah, was... like in an ice bucket. <laughs> I got it's a... the most <laughs> I got... horrendous video. It's like this is someone's special day. This it was really... is the day. There was an it... I... there was an ice bucket, and I thought it was a wise option to get into it so I got naked into this that, a tiny ice bucket and then started pouring like red wine all over me stuck in it yeah oh, yeah you legend <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was sweet talk about that how many best man speeches have you done quite a lot how many uh, three you've done three yeah because so, so do people people ask you to be the best man because they're like well I'll just get Jack Whitehall to do a gig at well <laughs> sometimes does feel like that <laughs> No, I don't I think don't so. But you, you have it's quite you, a lot of pressure if you do a best man speech as a comedian. You, Too you, much yeah. pressure. You have a, but you have a very close knit of friends, so that's probably. Because you've basically got to write a whole new routine specifically. Yeah, for you them. can't do. If you yeah. do a bit of material, <laughs> yeah. everyone smells it a mile off. So you have to, to, uh, to do stuff about them and. Yeah. And a bit is, I we, say that like that's a chore. <laughs> I'm going to do some new gags, and I'm having to do stuff about this guy. You want to test? You want to test, yeah, test out, out new, out mater- few, new, new material? I want to do that. I want to do that sauna routine. <laughs> instead, 
I mean, to say sincere things about someone that I love. We had, we had, can't do that. There's a guy, a, a, a friend of ours called who, Rafe, who um, is organising. You've got a friend called Rafe. Friend called Rafe is organising our tour for us. He's organising our tour. And France and I did a rehearsal down at his house the other day, and he was talking about his 30th party, and he asked to give a speech. Who's a friend of his, and and for he, the reason why they're friends is that he also did tour. You know, around the yep. country talking him, and got up and he was had a couple of drinks. And he started giving the talk, and it was going nowhere. And so he suddenly just turned to hit the material he was doing on tour. And Rafe obviously knows the, no. the tour. So he was sitting there going, you're just giving the talk. I'm <laughs> <laughs> trying to relate Rafe to it. No. Which I thought was genius. Crowbarring in old yeah. cricket anecdotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Have you been asked to be best man? Not yet. Not, not saying that I will, but not, not yet. yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, y- uh, yes, done yeah. a speech, but uh, I didn't do it. I didn't do a speech, but um, actually, that they're not married anymore, so it's fine. Oh my god! Well, there we go. So that's you might a, get another chance. That's yeah. a, that's a sign yeah. for a sign. sign for Francis. Also, if I'm I'd honest, have you on greeting and seats. Oh yeah, I think you'd be great at that. Oh yeah. Well, where would you like ha- wait, hang on? Where would you have me? In the car park. No, what, oh, parking cars and no, then coming just, in as an usher. No, just Got in it. a car, in no, the car park. No, 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 Locked no, 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 in a car, the, no, no. in the back of a car with a little bit of the window down so that you can breathe. What, with but a straw? Yes, yeah, yeah, just in the back of a car, in no, the no, car park. I'm up there. Francis, front of house. No, no, I'm up there, straight up there, holding your hand, panning you on holding the back. Holding his hand. We're not, we're, we're, we're <laughs> getting married. We're getting married. <laughs> also, if I'm honest, I still don't think I remember past a dinner until I look at the photos and I see that I give a piggyback to the groom, danced with the mother-in-law and was in every photo in the photo booth. However, I'm competitive, so if Ellen and I ever get married, our wedding will be the most gigantic experience ever. Can't wait. But it's always the bride who... Sorry, the bride's parents who pay. So. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's a bit... It's not for you to say that, is it? Well, who knows? I don't know. Um, right. So I give you a little... Oh. It's gonna have, I don't want to take too much time trying to find it, but because it's the best photo ever. What is it? Which was when I was best man to my friend, and he had two other best men, and they all had like proper Essex tans. And <laughs> I had you? not um, got the memo that I had to do the Essex tan. And I mean, is it good? Can, we, can we post you it? Can, on, you post it on the thing. It's we're going to post it on our private parts. We'll post Instagram. it on the private parts Instagram. We're going to post it on private cards. It's sweet. Go and check it out. While you do that, stick around because we've got part two. Jack is still here. He's going to give loads more gags. He will be listening to this part two. Yeah, so. yeah I will he be. doesn't have a choice. And also, weirdly, it does feel a bit like a sauna in here. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get naked. See let's you in part naked. two. Lucky guy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.